Welcome to another episode of 2A to B or not 2A to B. Today we've got a quiz. Woo woo! Um, and the quiz is going to be sort of a quick summary of what we've recently been talking about. So a bit about white matter changes in the brain and cerebral infections. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we're just reading a few MCQ questions out of Masterpass um, and sort of talking through the answers. So the first question says... I'm really nervous. No, like, I said to you, like, these are quite difficult, I think. You might fly well, through them. You might do. So I feel like there's no yeah, issue. Sometimes. I can't um, remember any white matter. Maybe you should have It was only like me, like, you just start panicking straight away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first question goes regarding tuberculosis in the HIV population okay. which of the following statements is correct tuberculosis abscess are the most common presentation typically results from direct spread from adjacent structures tuberculomas occur in the posterior fossa the typical imaging feature of a tuberculoma is a target lesion or hydrocephalus is typically obstructive in nature. And the question was, which of these is, is correct? Yes, yeah. regarding one? tuberculosis. Yeah. Can you read the first two again? I was not Absolutely. necessarily. No, no, that's fine. I'm just going to go to the page. Please do. Just I thought we did do it. Did we, we did do. Yeah, yeah. It's in. Um, bacterial. Yeah. yeah, don't look. I'm not really... um, regarding tuberculosis, mm. oh yeah, we know the question, which of the following, in mm. the HIV population, mm. which of the following statements is correct? Okay. A, tuberculosis abscess are the most common presentation. Mm. B, typically results from direct spread from adjacent structures. Mm. C, I don't like that one. Me neither. No. Yeah, and I don't think an abscess is the most common I don't know. I'm I don't know. Okay. Tuberculomas occur in the posterior fossa. Right. They can do, but I don't think that's classic. I didn't think that either. Yeah. No. The typical imaging feature of a tuberculoma is target lesion. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's correct. But there is, there is we did talk about a target lesion. I think it's um, Tox- the anti-target lesion, which is like, I think is toxic. No, that's the asymmetric target sign. Yeah. That, yeah, it's that's toxo. called it, toxo. Right. Yeah, so that's why I remember it yeah. from. And then E is hydrocephalus. Hydrocephalus? <laughs> typically obstructive in nature. Which, so I guess you think about your two types of hydrocephalus, obstructive or communicating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you could have a communicating. But I don't think that's it. common. No, I don't think either of them are common. But they've said typically obstructive. Yeah. But I think you could have a communicating mm, answer. Yeah. I'm not convinced by that. Mm. So I wonder, what are our options again? <laughs> I mean, I now know the answer, so mm. I need to shut up. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just tell me, because we don't know the answer. Okay. The typical imaging feature of a t- tuberculoma is a target lesion. Oh, so that's a bit long, because as soon as I read it, I was thinking... Oh no, that's toxic. But, tell me. in fairness, from Mandel's, mm. a tuberculoma is a localised tuberculosis granuloma. Yeah. So I can imagine that that could look like a target lesion. Why? I don't know. It is not always possible to differentiate a tuberculoma from a pyogenic abscess. But that wouldn't, a pyogenic abscess doesn't look like a target. Well, it's got a rim. Sure. 
So I thought maybe it is. Anyways. A tuberculum tends to have central hyperintensity on T2-weighted image. A cystic tuberculum have a main... Fine, that's all it says. In the answer, it says... CNS tuberculosis has, incre- tuberculosis has increased in the developed world secondary to the increasing incidence of AIDS. It is typically spread hematogenously from a pulmonary source and most commonly presents as meningitis. On cross-sectional imaging, there is thick enhancement of the meninges and ependyma. Communicating hydrocephalus is common due to reduced resorption of CSF. Yeah. So if you've got your meninges affected, you're going to get a communicating like you would in a subarachnoid hemorrhage. Not. Not an obstructive one, yeah. Tuberculomas typically arise in the corticomedullary region and are supratentorial. Okay. They commonly, so not posterior fossa, mm-hmm. they commonly appear as target lesions on both CT and MRI. Fine. Well, something to But we've learned something new again, so it's useful. Very good. Okay. Um, so next question. Could you... Oh, no, I'll get my phone. I was going to say, can I see a target lesion? Oh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay, I'll read out the next one, though, for yeah. purposes of yeah. getting on. Um, so next question. A 55-year-old chronic alcoholic was admitted following an extended period... Sorry. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> making sure that I put this under the right category. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, I'll start nice. again. A 55-year-old chronic alcoholic was admitted following an extended period of heavy drinking. Mm. He was noted to be very confused, confabulating, mm. and mm. suffering from delusions. What's he indeed? What are you thinking? I'm thinking of our toxic metabolic white matter lesions, and I'm thinking of a Vernica's more very big name. Very good. On examination, on examination, he was ataxic and had ophthalmoplegia. What features on MRI would you look for in order to make the diagnosis? Uh, Gads, okay. A, cerebellar atrophy. B, high signal perpendicular to the lateral ventricle. C, high signal within the periaqueductal region. D, high signal within the vermis. E, high signal within the lentiform nucleus. Ooh, well... I was hoping you would say high signal in the mammillary bodies or the medial thalamus. So how do you remember that? Because uh, I was listening to it on the way here. Oh, very good. Because I was worried you were going to say <laughs> very good. Uh, once we get past toxic metabolic, I'm out. I didn't listen to the vascular <laughs> or the viral one. Um, but. Um, so therefore, mammillary body is going to be part of the vermis, so I think it's going to be the vermis one, is going to be my guess. The cerebellar atrophy you'd see in the boozer, but it's not a sign of Wernicke's, and the other ones I think are going to be signs of something other. Okay. Thoughts? Periaqueductal region. Ugh, no, tell me. Chronic alcohol results in atrophy of the cerebellum, mm-hmm. particularly the vermis. This patient has Wernicke's encephalopathy, which is characterized by, by confabulation, delusions, ataxia, ophthalmoplegia, and confusion, and is caused by thiamine deficiency. High signal is seen in the periaqueductal region, paraventricular thalamic regions, and mammalothalamic tract Fine. on MR imaging on flare and T2W. Excuse me. Fine. So, so we kind of had the other things, to, yeah. but we just need to add 
the periaqueduct because you'd said oh, yeah, of course vermis is not what i thought it was the vermis is in the cerebellum yeah fine yeah i think i was going confused. did you see that um that's what i was thinking of did you see that um case i sent you the other day no a neuro one well now you should. Well, I told you what it was, I think. I think I um No, don't tell me. But I think I'll call next weekend. I think I've told you already what it is. It's fine. But it's like it's a, good a good one. Okay. I think. How exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay, sorry. Next Very question. Love that. I know. I guess that's the one that's like higher up, closer to those um thalamus and the body of the options we have no yeah and it's sort of midline-y you can imagine yeah. it so i'm just trying to essentially yeah. think of somewhere so a way to think about oh no absolutely no no absolutely yeah right next question a 42 year old woman with a, pre- a preceding history of flu-like symptoms Ooh. presented with a day history of increasing confusion followed by three generalized seizures. Mm. Initial CT revealed no abnormality, while an MRI showed high signal on T2 in the medial right temporal and right insular region. Mm. No enhancement with gadolinium and little mass effect was seen. She remained in intensive care and a repeat MRI a week later showed extensive high signal in the temporal lobes and frontal lobes with multiple low signal foci on T2 gradient echo. There was no ventricular dilatation. What is the most likely diagnosis? So agreed. I was already thinking that. Mm. It's not an option. How it is an option. Oh, okay. So let me just triple check. But just because of the location, no. Well, on the hemorrhage. Yeah. Couldn't remember that, but herpes encephalitis. Yes. So does no one else cause? Nothing else cause hemorrhage. I think it's classic if you remember our like if you remember in peds in particular, yeah. It actually affects the blood vessels a lot more than it affects like the cortex. Okay. But it does um in adults. Temporary. Gives you these like hemorrhage, like hemorrhagic change. Stop scratching. Sorry. Um so I'll tell you anyway what the mm. answer. What were the other options? Sorry. So toxo, low grade glioma, paraneoplastic, CMV. Mm. Because if HIV and cephalitis have been up there. Yeah. I would have been a bit worried. Between the I said I've gone for herpes, mm-hmm. but I can't remember what HIV and cephalitis looks like. It was the flu like prodrome that made me think, think HIV. But also, you mean HIV or HSV? HIV oh. and cephalitis. Yeah. Which was one of our white But I think, things. yeah, no, it is. But I can't remember. But I think um, that's not necessarily temporal load. No. Um, Let's have a look. <laughs> and it's, isn't it, there's like a classical thing, hold on. Symmetric T2 prolongation in the periventricular and deep white matter. Thank you. So not classical. Spares the U-fibers mm-hmm. and tends to be symmetric. Okay, perfect, thank you. Um, so the answer says herpes and cephalitis. Um, herpes simplex encephalitis results in fulminant necrotizing encephalitis and is due to the herpes simplex virus. A third of patients have a primary infection while the rest are due to reactivation. Patients present with acute confusion and disorientation, which can progress to fits, loss of consciousness and death. HSV has a predilection for the temporal lobes, insular, frontal lobes and cingulate gyrus. The putamen is typically spared 
On early imaging on flare T2W, there is high signal in these areas. There may be restricted diffusion in the affected areas due to infarction and lack of restricted diffusion suggests reversibility. At 10 days, the extent of the tissue involved is known and parenchymal hemorrhage can be seen at this stage. The prognosis is poor with only 2.5% of treated HSD patients returning to a normal life. But it's rare. I've never actually seen it. If untreated, there is a 70% mortality. Bloody hell. Yeah. Can you say that a bit about reversibility again? So, so essentially, the, if the diffusion... So on early... The, there may be a restricted diffusion in the affected areas due to infarction and lack of restricted diffusion... And lack of that... Suggest reversibility. Oh, so if they so haven't got to the stage of where they've got yet, restrictions. Exactly. Okay, thank you. No worries at all. Very Next well question. done. Next question. Um, a 38-year-old immunocompromised male mm. presented with increasing headaches and worsening memory. Right, so. CT showed three discrete hyperdense lesions in the corpus callosum and centrum semiovale. Mm. Partial enhancement with eccentric necrotic areas was seen. Yeah. What is the most likely diagnosis? Sorry, partial enhancement, enhancement with eccentric necrotic areas was seen. Okay. What is the most likely diagnosis? Yeah. A. Crypto. I don't know how to pronounce this one. Cryptocosis. 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 Neurocryptocosis. Is that what it's called? No, that's cystocosis. Yeah. Oh my God. It says cryptococcus. Cryptococcus. Yeah, That's but it says cryptococcus. Cryptococcus. Yeah. Odd, no? Cryptococcus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fine. fine. No one panic. Primary CNS lymphoma. Right. Toxoplasmosis. Mm. Herpes encephalitis. Mm. Tuberculosis. Okay. Can I talk you through this? Yes. <clears throat> I'm not convinced by primary CNS lymphoma. Okay. Because I think there would be one of them. Oh, that makes me feel nervous having said that out loud. But I think there would be there would be one big mass. Okay. Bad things. Okay. Mm. Remind me what it looks like. Sorry. We now know what the centrum semiovale yeah. is. <laughs> so that's good news. <laughs> Three hyperdense, um, discrete hyperdense lesions in the so corpus callosum. Yeah. And they're enhancing around the ring. Partial enhancement with eccentric. So the middle is ex- is necrotic. So the we middle don't. is necrotic. I yeah. think that's quite key because I remember that CNS lymphomas in an immunocompromised patient can be necrotic. Yeah. Now, let's take herpes and cephalitis out. Yeah. And let's take uh, there was something else that I said I thought no chance tuberculosis. Yeah. <laughs> that feels gung ho, but let's take it out. We've mm-hmm. learned that it's probably it's more likely to be a meningitis, like meningeal initially. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we've got toxo. We've got <laughs> and I've taken primary CNS lymphoma out. Let me tell you some things I remember about toxo yeah. and cryptococcosis. Cryptococcosis, you've got different stages. Do we even do cryptococcosis? Oh no, that's neurocysticosis. I'm getting so confused. I think, yeah, you're talking about neurocysticosis. But we did do cryptococcus. Cryptococcus. And you got the mixed up last time as well. Cryptococcus is the one that does gelatinous yes, cysts along the basal ganglia. Yeah, yeah. that's how it spreads. Fine. Along the basal ganglia, perivascular spaces, yeah. leaving behind gelatinous pseudocysts. Yeah. So I'm taking cryptococcus out then. Yeah. In which case, I'm left with toxo. 
and that's what I'm going to go for. Okay. Any and any particular reason? Because I think it is ring enhancing. So even though I've got a CT, I'm going to get some enhancement, and I mm-hmm. feel a bit nervous about the necrosis inside, but I'm going to run with it because I know that CNS lymphoma and toxo can be completely indistinguishable. So I'm assuming yeah. that toxo can be necrotic in the middle as well. It's only because there are multiple I'm going for toxo. I feel so nervous. So essentially it's lymphoma. No. But I thought, I really liked your thought because okay. it's so true that they always say that toxo and lymphoma yeah. is difficult to differentiate yeah. and you often go to do PET to try and differentiate. So, well, they're horrid bumholes. Um, but I'll tell you what they say. So, primary lymphoma is the most likely answer because of the position. So, where is toxo? Toxo is basal ganglia. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, Ooh. Um, because of the position, the hyperdensity on CT and the necrotic center. <clears throat> Fine. We had no image, CT imaging features for toxo. So. But it's very useful to know that there can be multiple yeah, primary Which I did know. Lymphomas. Did you? Yeah. Oh, you're so good at primary CNS. No, I'm not, but I've just the, seen that, yeah. that I've seen fine, fine, fine. we've had more than Well, one. that's a learning point for mm. me. Very good. Um, but I, I feel like your thought process is very good. <laughs> so cerebral lymphoma is often hyperdense. We do know that because it's very yes, restricting. Due to the dense cellularity, although this may not be the case in patients who are immunocompromised. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Toxoplasmosis is also a consideration, but these are more often multiple. But you've said there's a... That's really confusing. Justified. Justified. That is really confusing. I am correct. <laughs> but these are more often multiple. Maybe they mean absolutely loads of them. It doesn't matter. We'll move on. That's really bad. That is confusing. <laughs> three is multiple. Yes, three is multiple. Anyways, so there you go. Completely okay. justified. Herpes encephalitis is unlikely diagnosis as the patient is relatively well and the typical imaging features are asymmetric high signal in the... Medial temporal lobes. And frontal. gyrus frontal. Yeah, very good. So that was a bit unsatisfying. Apologies. What time are we on? I'm worried we're going to get to 30. Sorry. I don't think we are. No, I don't think we're good. quite, but... Um, you think these are actually... We're on yeah, 18, so, so I'll just speed up. No, just speed up. We can do loads of these. We'll love them. We'll yes, exactly. That's what I thought. A 35-year-old woman is being investigated for demyelinating disease. Right. What are, is the best sequence to demonstrate plaques in the posterior fossa? Plaques in the posterior fossa? Do you want me to give you options? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yes, I would. A, axial T2, B, coronal flare, C, axial proton density, D, axial flare, E, coronal T1. Well, I feel like it's a flare, and I feel like it's an axial flare, but the coronal flare slightly thrown me. So, in my opinion, it was going to be flare or T2. Mm. And I can't remember. I'll tell you in a second what it is and why. Like surely that's but I would have said axial. Yeah, axial. Yeah. Because we look at everything on axial. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm in the wrong. I'm in a genitourinary answer. <laughs> it said something about bladder <laughs> catheterization. I was like, oh, not what I'm looking for. <laughs> Can't be relevant. Sorry. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, is it okay if I stay this evening? Oh, absolutely. I've got a half bottle of wine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> suddenly looked at my wine and said, oh, no. Um, Axial T2. Axial T2. So, so do you flare. want to know why? Yes, I do. So flare and T2 are good at identifying MS plaques. T2 sequences are better at identifying lesions within the spinal cord and posterior fossa. Hmm. Okay, well, that's something to know. I just, some of these scare me, though, because I'm like, if I hadn't seen that question, we never would have seen that in a textbook. No, but like, that's why you do questions for months, isn't it? So that's why we're doing this, so that we can get on to questions. It's perfect. You're so much better. It's a perfect plan. Right, regarding CMV in HIV, which of the following statements is correct? I can't remember any of these, but let's go for it. CMV infections are the result of primary infection. What do you think about that one? No, I'd like to hear all the options, please. CMV infections most commonly affect the nervous system. It rarely occurs with other opportunistic infections. CMV infections can cause a brachial plexus neuropathy and finally causes periventricular calcification. Well, I think... The periventricular calcification is in torch, it's neonates. And I think that is in CMV. So I think that's a red herring, it's not in HIV. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it primarily affects the retina. I plucked that from the depths of my mind. So I don't think it's primarily a neuro nervous system. Was, nervous system. Yeah. What are some of my other options, please? So Infection are the result of primary infection. No. Agreed. Yeah, Why? Uh, it's reactivation. Like, yeah, people have CMV. Yeah, and then it's just reactivation or whatever. Yeah. And it's suppressed and it comes to life. Yeah, and then um, it rarely occurs with other op- opportunistic infections. I'm not sure about that one. And the brachial plexus. No, I think no, because your immune system's down. You react you to CMV, but you're things. likely then to get other yeah. things. So maybe it's the brachial plexus one. Really? What was the? What, is there that is one? the other one? Haven't poo pooed. Uh, no. Let's go brachial. Well, what would you go for? I can't remember. <laughs> CMV infection is most common. Have you looked at the answers? Yeah, I will have. <laughs> most commonly affect the nervous system. I don't know. Should we have a look? Yeah. Correct! Yeah! CMV infections can cause a brachial plexus neuropathy. CMV in the AIDS population is usually the result of reactivation. 90% of the general population have prior exposure to CMV, usually in childhood. CMV infection more typically affects the respiratory tract rather than nervous system. Okay. Um, 15 to 30% of HIV patients have. CNS evidence of the virus at postmortem. Brain involvement results in encephalitis, ventriculitis, infarcts, or meningitis. On CT imaging, there is low density, diffuse white matter changes, ependymal enhancement, and ring enhancing lesions. CMV infections not uncommonly arise with other opportunistic infections, such as toxo and crypto. Mm. Diffuse periventricular calcification occurs in the congenital form and is not a feature of CMV infection in HIV. I feel thrilled though. That is amazing. Well done. Thank you so much. That so, periventricular calcification is because I in the recording that. of it, you keep saying, in fact, I'm testing you and you keep saying, is this the one with periventricular <laughs> calcification? And then we finally get to CMV and you're like, 
Is this Blessing the torch. One? Yeah. And we're both like, yes! <laughs> so it goes to show that these podcasts are helping us remember things. I can remember that. That's fine, I listened to it recently because I couldn't remember them. Okay, good. I've got a long drive to work now. So. <laughs> oh, fuck you. I mean, I should on the tube. But in fairness, I read something on the tube this morning. So well done, you. I think I was reading one of the... Not um, really, what's the time? Matter, sorry. No, no. I suddenly panic. I, I don't think we've still got... Prime as well. I know. Question. 24. Okay. okay. We'll get question. through all of them. No, but maybe two. Yeah. A 55-year-old female was admitted with a short, short history of headache and drowsiness. She was signed to be hypertensive of 220 on 140. On our she was found to have grade 4 papilledema. Press, posterior reversible encephalopathy syndrome was suspected clinically. What features would be expected on CT? I'm very excited. A, periventricular low density white matter changes per- perpendicular to the lateral ventricles. No, I'm not interested in that. No, what are they trying to get to with that? I think MS type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Low density white matter changes within the occipital lobes. Yeah, I'm quite into that. Yeah. Intraparenchymal hemorrhage affecting the basal ganglia. No, I'm not interested in that. That's a hypertensive lead. Low density changes affecting the cerebral cerebellar white and grey matter. Mm, I could be into that. Diffuse bilateral asymmetrical perivenous low density changes. No, I don't know what that is. No. I don't want it here. I, I, I agree. So we can't that first one. Most likely. Yeah. Occipital lobe low density is, I think. Paper 333. <laughs> What's the answer like? Pregnancy. Pediatric, <laughs> pediatric this time. Low density white matter changes within the occipital lobes. The imaging pattern of press is seen in eclampsia, cyclosporin toxicity following transplantation, autoimmune disorder, disorders like SLE and Wegener's, and in hypertension. The exact cause is unproven, but an unstable blood pressure is a frequent finding. Typical findings in press include reversible vasogenic edema in the parietal occipital, posterior frontal, and cortical and subcortical white matter. The cerebellum and brainstem are less commonly involved. Hemorrhage and restricted diffusion and DWI are typical. Hemorrhage? Yeah. Okay. And restricted diffusion. Yeah. Okay. Fine, very good. One very more? Nice. Yeah, I love that. A 46-year-old HIV-positive female with a CD4 count of 40 was admitted with a month's history of progressive confusion. An MRI was performed, which demonstrated bilateral, asymmetrical, patchy white matter changes with no mass effect or enhancement. What is the most likely diagnosis? A, progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy. B, toxo. Mm. C, lymphoma. Mm. D, HIV encephalopathy. Mm. E, CMV. So I think it's either PML or HIV encephalopathy. And what differentiates those? Can you remind me of what the imaging features are? Bilateral, Mm. asymmetrical, Mm. patchy white matter changes with no mass effect or enhancement. There's one word in there that gives it away. Asymmetric. Oh. Hmm? So I'm going to say PML. Yeah, I think it's that. Ooh. Because we just said HIV is symmetric. Yeah. Well done. That is hard. Isn't it? Progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy. 
is caused by JC virus and results in destruction of the oleg oligodendrocytes <laughs> resulting in demyelination. It affects the white matter anywhere in the brain in HIV patients and is often bilateral but asymmetrical and is not associated with atrophy. Death typically occurs within six months. The white matter lesions do not exhibit mass effect and show minimal enhancement. Lymphoma and toxo are more commonly discrete ring-enhancing lesions. Mm. CMV typically results in patchy, diffuse periventricular white matter changes. HIV produces a subacute encephalitis, which is characterised by progressive de dementia. I don't know why they've added that at the end. That's not very helpful. I'll listen to it when I re listen. <clears throat> That's fine. I think we might be close there. Should we see? 28. Yeah, let's stop, stop and let's do another one. Hold well on. Welcome to another episode of TATB, or not TATB. This is a continuation, another quiz um, covering infection and white matter changes. In neuroradiology. In neuroradiology. Mm. Very good. Sorry, this is quite noisy. Yeah. Um, so next question. A 27-year-old HIV-positive man mm. was admitted with increasing confusion mm. and lethargy. Mm. He had a CD4 count of 150, but oh. had no history of an AIDS-defining illness. Cross-sectional imaging of the head was performed. What features make a diagnosis of toxo more likely than lymphoma? Okay. You're going to know this. I'm not going to know this, but let's have a go. Okay. Cor corpus callosum evolved. Corpus callosum. Okay. B. Hemorrhage on CT. C. Basal ganglia lesions. D. Single lesion. E. Subependymal sub spread. That's hard, isn't it? Um, what makes a which way around is it a lymphoma more likely no, than toxo? Toxo more likely. Toxo more likely. So go again because I don't think it's corpus callosum. Agreed. Lymphoma crosses the, the yeah, corpus callosum. Agreed. Toxic. Hemorrhage on CT. Uh, not sure on that. I don't think either of them hemorrhage. Basal ganglia lesions. They're both basal ganglia lesions. Single lesion. Single lesion. We learned that other way round. Other way round. Subependymal spread. So it's got to be subependymal spread. Which I would I think lymphoma love. would be more like yeah. not subependymal. But I don't have either, but let's see. Mm. Hemorrhage on CT. Okay, well that was the one we weren't sure about. So that's fine. So tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Differentiating toxo and lymphoma can be difficult. As both can present as multiple ring-enhancing lesions. You're really upset by that. Yeah. You? No. Okay. But the other question. Yeah. For I, me, I, three is multiple. Yeah, but I think it's sort of saying. Most of it. If there are loads, it's going to be toxic. Whereas if there are only a few, a handful. Hmm. Features that are more likely to represent lymphoma are single lesions, subependymal spread, and lesions within the corpus callosum. Okay. Which we knew to have three yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah. Features that are more likely to represent toxo are hemorrhage on CT mm. and high signal on T2. Oh, that's confusing. I feel like I didn't know either no. of those. Good. Toxo has a predilection for the basal ganglia, but lymphoma can also be found in this region. Very good. Very good. 
sad that we've only exclusively done this. We've only done Yuri, and we're not getting the questions right. I know. <laughs> That's what I feel. Like. <laughs> It'll be fine. At least we're we'll doing it. it. Yeah, we're I feel like the, that next topic, I'm, we'll get through them faster. Yeah, we've there's got, less. There's less alien as well. But there's also there's less in the book. Not sure about less alien, but anyways. <laughs> A 32-year-old Caucasian female was scanned following worsening weakness of the lower limbs. Several discrete oval and round lesions Mm. were identified in the periventricular white matter Mm. perpendicular to the ventricles on MRI. A sample of CSF confirmed the diagnosis made on MRI. Mm. Which of the following is not a usual feature of this condition? Mm. So what are we thinking? She's got MS. Yeah. So cortical lesions. Sorry, A, cortical lesions. Sorry, uh, the question is which of these is not, not a usual feature? Yeah. B, hemorrhage. C, ring enhancement. D, corpus callosal involvement. E, periventricular extension. So I think periventricular, yes. Yeah. Corpus callosal involvement, yes. Yes, okay. Ring enhancement, yes, in active plaques. Tell me the first two. Uh, no, active plaques were more, they were completely enhancing, I thought. No, no, just the ring, I think. Okay. Ooh, I don't know. Anyway. But yeah, agreed. Yeah. And then the other two are hemorrhage and cortical lesions. Cortical lesions would be unusual because it is a demyelinating disease, mm, mm. right? So why would you have a, a lesion in the grey matter that has no myelin? So I'm going for that. So you're going for hemorrhage? No, I'm going for cortical lesion. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Answer is hemorrhage. Oh, fuck. But, do you know what? At least I feel like every time we do get it down to two. <laughs> That's no fucking use. No, but we're closer. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Okay, tell me. Demyelination lesions in multiple sclerosis typically occur in the periventricular region perpendicular to the ventricle. Mm. Lesions can occur anywhere in the brain and affect both grey and white matter. <sighs> Ring enhancement occurs up to six weeks after the occurrence of the plaque. Mm. Hemorrhage is not a feature. Why can there be grey matter lesions? That is nonsense. Oh well, I'll move on. I'll accept it and I'll move on. But I won't like it. No. <laughs> I mean, right. Um, a middle-aged alcoholic man was admitted with a reduced level of consciousness and quadriplegia. Mm. He had been discharged a few days earlier when he was noted to have a low sodium. (laughs) On the most recent admission, he had a CT, which appeared normal. Mm. An MRI, however, demonstrated a butterfly-shaped area of high signal in the ponds on T2 and flare images. Mm. Similar lesions were also seen in the thalami. What is the most likely diagnosis? Osmotic demyelination. Yes, but they call it something different on this. Give me the options. options. Which is annoying. A, brainstem glioma. Excuse me. Brainstem glioma. <laughs> the central pontine myelinolysis. Yeah, yeah. It can be called that. C MS. Yeah. D glomatosis. Yeah. E venous infection. Infarction. Infarction. Central pontine demyelination. Uh, acute demyelination secondary to rapid correction of a hyponatremia. Commonly occurs in diabetic patients with diabetic ketoacidosis, anorexics, and alcoholics. <laughs> However, less commonly, <laughs> less common causes are SIADH, Wilson's, and 
craniopharyngioma. Mm. Patients develop symptoms a few days following the correction of the electrolyte imbalance and presentation is varied from unconscious, Longton syndrome, spastic quadriparesis. Longton syndrome, grim. And pseudobulbar palsy or with extra pyramidal signs. High signal is seen within the pons on flare and T2, usually after a couple of weeks. There may be high signal in the basal ganglia and this is typically bilateral and symmetrical. Prognosis is very poor with a mortality of approximately 90%. Goodness. I know, but um, another cause for bilateral thalamic high signal. I mean, likely, but... What was another cause? Thalamic, bilateral thalamic. High what? High signal. Do you mean diffusion? Restricted diffusion? Yeah. Oh, oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> Don't try and confuse me. I was so happy with myself. <laughs> anyway, ignore that. Next question. You are called to perform a cranial ultrasound on a neonate who has been critically ill after birth with low Apgar scores. The baby has not progressed as expected and is lethargic and less responsive than hoped. I know. On the ultrasound, in the coronal view, a line of hyperreflected dots is seen under the lateral ventricles. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? Tuberous sclerosis, congenital toxo, periventricular infarcts, rubella, or congenital CMV? Hmm. I think... Tell me again about what they saw. Um, what they saw on coronal view: yeah. a line of hyperreflective dots under the lateral so ventricles. It's calcium periventricularly. Yeah. So I think it's got to be CMV. Yeah. 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 CMV infection affects up to one percent of pregnancies, but symptoms only occur in less than ten percent of those infected. There are multiple manifestations, including intrauterine growth restriction, hepatosplenomegaly, jaundice, pneumonitis, microcephaly, and chorioretinitis. Long-term neurodevelopment sequelae are common. Typical findings on cranial ultrasound are periventricular subependymal cysts, periventricular calcifications, and hydrocephalus. It's a little triad. CMV tends to cause periventricular calcification, while toxo causes widespread calcifications. Periventricular infarcts will not be so well defined. Tuberous sclerosis can cause subependymal hematomas, which calcify with age, and corticals of cortical tubers, which produce curvilinear calcifications. Rubella is much less common than congenital CMV. And what does rubella cause? Can you remember? We think of something. Think I of thought we would talk about the micro, my, you know, angiopathy stuff. Yeah. So strokey stuff. It looks like no, it doesn't look no. like straight. It looks like um, age-related. Like old Rupert, and you think of like white matter, white matter oh. usually associated with vascular small vessel disease. <laughs> I listened to that the other day when I was on a run, and I was like, old, old Rupert. Rupert, and I was like, at the time, you're like, yeah, this is such garbage. A bit rubella, no, old Rupert. So good, yeah. Fucking thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> right, next one. Edwin is a. Oh, God. A 27 year old female with AIDS presented with a fit and following further investigations, including CT and MRI scans, 
has symptoms were felt to be attributable to HIV encephalitis. Which region of her brain is most likely to be abnormal on the MRI scan? So she's got HIV encephalitis. Yes. Which region is most likely to be abnormal? Yeah. Tell me. A, anterior inferior aspects of the temporal lobes. B, white matter of the centrum semiovale. <gasps> C, corbistratum in brackets, putamen and chordate nuclei. Mm. D, superior cerebellar peduncles. Mm. E, hypothalamus. So I think it's going to be the centrum semiovale because it's like indistinct. It's like Deep. symmetrical white matter. Uh, yeah. All the rest are quite specific, aren't they? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm just trying to think. HIV is symmetric, which is asymmetric? Herpes. Yeah. Which is JC virus, yeah. remember? Yeah. Weird names. Which I think is more common. 70. White matter of the centrum of Ali. Oh. Nice ending. Human immunodeficiency virus causes encephalitis in 60% of patients with AIDS. It predominantly, I know. It predominantly affects the white matter, particularly the centrum semivali, and results in gliosis and demyelinating plaques. These plaques are not dissimilar to plaques in MS as they are in periventricular position and high signal on T2-weighted images. Unlike plaques in MS, they tend to enhance with contrast. Mm. In brackets, acute plaques in MS can enhance for up to six weeks after they first appear. That's more ring, mm. we just said, no? Not necessarily. Well, I think it sort of depends on the size of the okay. plant, doesn't it? Generalised diffused parenchymal atrophy is a, few, a feature, mm-hmm. which it isn't a feature in PMS. And if you remember in torch infections, yeah. we added HIV on. Yeah. And a big feature of that is cerebral atrophy in big in babies. Okay, but not in? Not in adults, but as in they're saying there is some cerebral atrophy, so we can sort of link the two. Yeah. Happy? Very good. Kind of don't. Bad. Maybe don't take it back too soon. Oh, sorry. Kara. Kara.